everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey of life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy. Good to be back with you on the Holy Man podcast as we start into week number three for this semester, which is the podcast episode number 23. Uh, it's been a great journey of just talking about, about God. And today, I'm not going to be by myself today. I have a, a guest with me today. I'm excited to uh, have uh, Troy Shelby with me today. Uh, Troy is uh, a great man in the life of this church. Troy, it's good to have you with us. Uh, good morning, Paul. Yeah, it's, uh, Troy and I just got done. We just got out of one of our life groups. Troy was, and I were uh, helping to lead a, a life group together. Uh, he's one of our life group leaders in the life of the church. Uh, Troy, how's your life group going? Uh, it's going good. Um, we've had uh, a lot of people there Thursday, uh, for my group anyways, and and uh, hoping to get more. Um, awesome. Yeah, I love our getting together with our men and uh, uh, making sure that we are having some good conversations with the guys. Troy, what else do you do in the life of the church? Um, I serve uh, behind the stage, uh, changing the, the camera angles and uh, doing the slides for the pastors during the sermon. So you have a lot of power on Sunday mornings, you're saying, that if you don't get your job right, the worship doesn't happen? Um, yeah, but I get a lot of help from everybody else, too, uh, just to make sure I... You know, show up and uh, <laughs> everything goes right. Yep. That's why we practice. Troy's one of those guys, he's behind the scenes, but uh, everything that he does on a Sunday morning is so valuable and important. Troy, tell us, tell everybody about your family a little bit. What's your family dynamic? What's it look like? And, and also a little bit about uh, what your job is right now and uh, what maybe hopes you have in the future. Um, well, I started my family early in 91 um, and uh, in Colorado. And then... Uh, a year or two after that, we moved to Wyoming. I mechanic in Colorado, and then uh, came to Wyoming, mechanic in oil field, and uh, and then I got a job where I'm at now um, for Devon Energy, and uh, started as a pumper. Uh, ended up in the office doing office pumping and uh, on the computer, and now I'm in automation. Uh, we're going to get my journeyman's license. Cool. So. And my daughters are going to be 27 and 30 this year. So you have two daughters then? Yeah. All right. And uh, how many years have you been married? 26. Oh, I just put pressure on him. He had to think it through real quick. <laughs> All right. So, so you have three ladies in the house over the course of your life. And uh, uh, how then we're talking about communication in new podcasts uh, this semester. And so, Troy, has communication always been easy for you with having three ladies in the house? Not at all. <laughs> what are some of the areas that you have had some issues, some struggles that uh, that you can uh, just share with the guys? Um, well, I mean, a lot of it is uh, 
I've been in oil field for most of my life, and uh, uh, we tend to uh, talk hasty to each other in the oil field, and uh, it doesn't uh, usually work that well with my wife or kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sure. <laughs> it's funny when you have things that dynamics at work, and when you bring those dynamics home, they, they just sometimes don't go as well. And uh, so I, I hear that. Well, you know, it's one of those things uh, as we think about what God says to us in James chapter 3, verse 2, which is that whole section that he's talking about our communication and taming the tongue. Uh, in that verse, he says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and can also control ourselves in every other way. So it's it just, it's so real that, you know, our tongues, our communication is one of the primary ways that Satan, man, he can get a hold of us and we, he can lead us into being messed up. So Troy, we're going to be looking at two, you already mentioned one of the areas that we're going to be talking about today. We're going to, for you and I, we're going to talk about two different areas that uh, we potentially could have struggles where we can mess things up and hurt relationships. And we're going to be talking about hasty communication and boasting. So two different areas that are not completely related, but they can be related. And so uh, hasty communication is basically that proverbial foot in your mouth. Speaking without thinking or speaking before you think. It's kind of like maybe, Troy, have you ever heard the analogy that if you squeeze a toothpaste tube, the idea of trying to get that toothpaste back into the tube and how hard that would be. Have you ever heard that before? No, but it sounds horrible. Yeah, it does. And I've used that as a children's <laughs> message before to help kids learn this idea that sometimes when we say something, whether we like it or not, it's out there. Same thing with toothpaste. If you ever try to put toothpaste back in a tube, it's going to be messy. And that's what we're talking about here with uh, hasty communication. Uh, and there are many reasons why we do this. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And the other area is this idea of boasting. Someone who wants someone who wants you to know how good they are at something. It's a pride thing. And there again, there are many reasons why we might be a boasting person. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. So this idea of speaking before we should and boasting about things. So first, Troy, we're going to get into a, a, a hasty tongue. Now, Troy, you just said a minute ago that in the, was it the oil field when you were working there? Yeah. That that was a place, what did it look like in the oil field? What do you mean by that, that having a, a hasty communication that happened a lot there? What did it look like there? Well, I, I started working on the rigs and, and it's pretty much, you just, you cut each other down all the time and, and it's, it's, it's supposed to be like a motivator you know, to get you to work harder, you know, you tell you, you know, you're not working that hard. I mean, and then of course, explicit words and, uh -huh. and everything. And, um, you know, and, and it, you kind of get in that, that routine of that, because that's what you do most of your life is work. So you're working, right. You know, and then you, you tend to bring that, um, home with you. And sometimes you, you said some things, in your home before you thought about it because it's now your wife and your kids right. and so you let some things slip out there that maybe you shouldn't have in that context right. yeah 
And, you know, having this idea of hastiness in our communication is one that can really get us into trouble in so many ways. It's when our words come out before we fully engage the brain to make sure of what we are doing or what we are saying. And these hasty words can get us into trouble at home with our wives, our kids. It, and it can. I'm sure you experienced it in your workplace when maybe it's somebody that doesn't understand the hasty communication. When you let something slip out. And they just give you that look like, dude, what are you doing? What are you saying? Uh, it can happen at work there. It can happen in other places. You know, you think about if you leave work and you go to a store and man, sometimes you can say something in a store or at a restaurant, uh, go to a kid's soccer game. If your daughter's played soccer or they're in a choir and you're there and other parents are engaging. And so you just let something slip or fly out, man, it can happen anywhere. A hasty tongue can get us into trouble with people and even with God. I don't know, if, Troy, if you ever thought about that, how sometimes we can say something to God and how it can get us in trouble with God. For instance, we can make a promise to God. God, if you get me out of this situation, I will blank. And we're going to look at a story about that in a little bit. And so we can, our communication can get can let things fly before we think and therefore it can get us in trouble with a lot of different areas. So, Troy, let me ask you, we already talked a little bit about this. Are there any other moments you can think about that you remember maybe specifically when you or someone you know did this, allowed a hasty thing come out? And what were some of the issues involved with that moment? Um, well, I'll talk about myself. That way um, I can protect <laughs> the guilty. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm fixing something or working on something and, and someone is bothering me and I'm frustrated, you know, I'll, you know, just blurt out something hasty that I, I shouldn't say because I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, uh, yep. you know, yesterday um, I was trying to do my homework and the, the, the my wife was ordering some, uh, uh, some food for us, you know, right. And, and I'm just, this homework thing wasn't going great because we didn't even talk about anything that was in the homework. And so you were frustrated. I was frustrated. And I, I, that time I chose just to be silent, but I held my hand down. She knew I was frustrated, and, <laughs> you know, but it, I just didn't, I didn't say anything because I was just so frustrated. Yeah. It was better just to be silent. But there probably have been a few times where you didn't stay silent and you let something slide out right. and it hurt your wife. Right. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be fixing this if you wouldn't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I think of a moment for me, it was very different all the way back in third grade. I still remember this moment in third grade. This is how traumatic it was for me, Troy. I was in Mrs. Kaiser's classroom. She was my third grade teacher and she was so pretty. And even though I was only in third grade, so what, about 11 years old, 10 years, no, nine years old. That's how old Daniel was and he's in third grade. I was nine years, 10 years old, somewhere in there. And Mrs. Kaiser, at she came in, she walked into the classroom right towards the end of the day and she said, I need a volunteer. Troy, you're gonna be careful when someone asks for a volunteer, you need to <laughs> think before you say yes. I raised my hand instantly because it was Mrs. Kaiser. She was asking me and I jumped out of my seat before I even knew what I was volunteering for. Troy, you wanna know what I was volunteering for? 
It was not good. Really? No. no, it was even worse. There was another kid that had just puked right outside the classroom door. She was asking for a volunteer to come out and help clean it up. <laughs> oh, my word. I got out there, and instantly I could smell it. It was nasty. And she was, I mean, I almost tossed my own cookies because of helping to clean the situation. I had to walk away eventually, but that's what I volunteered for because I didn't, ask what am I volunteering for I just because I thought oh I'm gonna get to spend time with Mrs. Kaiser yeah I did but I got to help clean up you you know sometimes we because of the nature the dynamics of the situation we volunteer for things or we say something and we get ourselves in trouble because of the dynamics for instance Troy some of the times that we stressful times or frustrated times that's what you just mentioned right that's one of the times that sometimes we will say things or do things uh, when things are going our way if there's anger involved we will spout off something sometimes when we're trying to impress someone ever done that Troy yeah. whether it's at work or at home you want somebody to think all great about you and so we will say something really quickly to impress somebody I've done that before so maybe it's self-esteem issues that we We'll say something quickly because of some esteem issues that we have going on. Sometimes it's good stress because of something going on good in our lives that uh, that we'll hastily say something. Troy, any other ideas for you? Any other moments you can think about? Um, well, depending on the individual, you know, what might not be hasty for someone else may be hasty to someone else. Sure. You know. Absolutely. What? The story in scripture, one of the hastiest, big mistakes that someone ever did. It's in the book of Judges. Troy, I don't know if you ever read this story before. It's a story of Jephthah. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Jephthah. Uh, book of Judges. He's a great warrior. He's leading God's people and conquering other people. And he's just a great warrior. But Jephthah, man, he sticks his foot in his mouth in a big way. And it didn't just come back to bite him. It hurt his family. Let me just read a little about the story. And starting in, in chapter 11, verse 29, it says, At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he went throughout the land of Gilead and Manasseh, including Mizpah in Gilead. And from there, he led an army against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. So hear this now. This is where he's going to stick his foot in his mouth. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. He said, if you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Jephthah makes his vow to God, probably thinking that he's going to have a chicken or a pig or a cow or something come out of his home. So he's not just thinking of his house. But he's thinking of his homestead, so the area where that would have been the area of his house. So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and guess what happened, Troy? He defeated them. The Lord gave him victory. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you see potential of what's coming here? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So it says, verse 34, when Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, who do you think, Troy, you're, you're a dad, who do you think came out of his house? His wife and his daughters. Well, it was just his daughter came out to meet him. 
playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy. Evidently, she heard that dad was coming home and maybe she maybe heard that he won. She came out joyful and dancing. She was his one and only child. He had no other sons or daughters. And so when he saw her, how do you think he responded, Troy? How would you respond if it was you and you came home and your one of your daughters came out of your house and this was the pledge that you gave to God? I'd probably go up and hug her and cry. Well, he did. He says when he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. Oh, my daughter, he cried out. You have completely destroyed me. What do you mean she completely destroyed you? It wasn't your, her fault. It was you're the fool that made that hasty comment, right? You brought disaster on me, he says, for I have made a vow to the Lord and I cannot take it back. <laughs> Guys, can you can you see this story playing out? This dude made a hasty comment to God and it's coming back to bite him. So she and her friends went into the hills and wept because she would never have children. She was still a virgin. She had never gotten married before. When she returned home, her father kept the vow he had made and she died a virgin. Hmm. How's that for a story, Troy? I haven't heard that one, really. Okay. Yeah. Read the book of Judges, guys. There's a lot of crazy stories in the book of Judges, and this is one of them. This is a guy who made a hasty comment, and it came back to bite him. So, But we do this, don't we, guys? We, we make these hasty comments, whether it's things we say to others or things we say to God, and it comes back to bite us because of the turmoil that it stirs up, whether it brings just pain to ourselves or whether it brings pain to us and others, it happens. So, guys, what are some things that maybe God can help us to do better with this? Uh, what could have Jephthah learned from God so that he doesn't do this foolish thing again? Troy, do you have anything, any great scripture passages that maybe have helped you or that you were doing some homework with and and that just maybe can help us and then the guys to do better with speaking before we should sticking our foot in our mouths anything um well i read a lot of scripture i just uh don't remember a lot of scripture so i don't have a lot of scripture stuff um you know with me you know i i mean you know, there's the physical things, you know, that aren't necessarily going to help you. You know, I try to take deep breaths okay. before I speak, you know. Um, a lot of times we forget to pray um, in those situations, you know, but occasionally I will. Yeah. But sometimes it can be a hasty prayer. It can be, yeah. And what about, Troy, if you, as you're going into a situation, for instance, when you're coming home from work, mm -hmm. if you know in the past that, the way you're hasty at work has caused problems as you've gone into your house. What about, have you ever just prayed as you've gone into your house saying, God, help me to do yeah. better? Yeah, well, and and even even so, before all of that, you know, just pray not to be hasty at all, you know. Right. Even at work, because um, things have changed at work, too. You know, the, my position is not as the same as it was right. back then. Some, some of that stuff back then doesn't could get me in trouble at work. So just praying, God, help me yeah. slow my speak down, you yeah. know, things like that. You know, one passage of scripture that speaks to this in Proverbs chapter 18, 13, Troy, 
It says this, it says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Because sometimes do we spout off before we actually, I've done this before, you know, Karen starts telling me something and I cut her off and I spout off before I listen to the whole story. And if I would listen to the whole story first, I would have saved myself sticking my foot in my mouth. Ever done that? Yep. Yeah. And it, it's both shameful and foolish. Another one in Proverbs is it says, there is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, as we think about this of uh, how can we be foolish? And then as I think of Jephthah and that story we just read, Troy, have you ever done that before with God? Have you ever said, God, if you get me out of this or God, if you help me with this, then I will blank. Not so much anymore, but I have in the past when when I was sinning a lot. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so it's funny how we make those statements to God, and then do we always keep those vows? I mean, Jephthah had a choice. He didn't have to keep his vow. Right. Which I know that some people, you could look at the story and say, well, why did God let him do that? That's another discussion for another day, guys. We're not talking about that. But Jephthah had a choice. He didn't have to follow through with his vow. But he kept his vow to God because he made the statement. We have a choice, don't we, Troy? Yeah, I can say I I haven't. Okay, yeah, and I hear that. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Solomon, who in his wisdom, as he's thinking through his life, and as he thinks about the potential of making one of those hasty vows before God, he says this, he says in chapter five, he says, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open, your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven. You're here on earth. So let your words be few. How's that sound? Sounds good. Yeah. You, know, you think about that is as we approach. Enter into the church, or we enter in a moment with God to not make a hasty comment before God, but instead, why don't we sit still and listen to God a little bit, see what God might say to us? Yeah. Well, and I feel like uh, a lot of us do that at church, you know. Yeah. But we don't, you know, we leave church and then we go back to life and we live life our own way. Right. Yeah. We we say, God, I'm going to live for you. Yeah. Well, while I'm here at church. And then I go back to work and life happens. Yeah. Okay, Troy, we need to get into uh, talking about boasting real quick. So I have anything else that you want to share with the guys as, as they go into their life group discussions? Not that I can think of. Okay. One of the things that I've done also is I love to ask for forgiveness. When I know that I've stuck my foot in my mouth, when I've hurt somebody with my hasty thoughts, I like to both ask God forgiveness because I need to remember for that sin that I might have done with my hasty comment, Jesus died for me. And so first I ask Jesus for forgiveness, but then I also, if it's my wife, my kids, somebody at work, I wanna to go to them and say, will you forgive me? Because in doing that, I acknowledge I was wrong and it might help me the next time get things a little bit better. Yeah, I definitely don't do that as much as I should. Okay, well, that's something, Troy, that both of us, I'm not perfect at it, that's for sure, but man, it's something that I've learned It'll help me get things better the next time. So, yeah, ask for forgiveness. If you get things wrong, don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness. All right, Troy, Troy let's talk about boasting a little bit. 
Uh, boasting is those moments where we, where pride is at the heart of it, where we're talking about how great we are. Uh, you look at me, I'm amazing. In doing this, we're letting others know that they are not as awesome as we are. We're boasting in ourselves and our own gifts, our abilities, accomplishments, whatever they might be. So Troy, you know, do you ever think about any moments in your past where you maybe have done something like this? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be talking with people about, you know, I don't know how financially I've done this, paid off that, or, you know, going to school or whatever. And, and then you get done talking and, and, and you're trying to tell these people this stuff because, you know, God has provided this for me. Right. But then you leave the conversation and you think about, and, you, and you're like, man, I just said I like 10 times. <laughs> you know, I, I really didn't say much about the God providing this for me. And it was really self-centered, you know? Yep. And going into it, I wanted to lead to that, but then I just got self-absorbed during the conversation. And, and, and you boasted in your own accomplishments instead of seeing how you could better help that person in front of you. I did something very similar to this back when I was in seminary. So that was back when I was in school to become a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at the time working in a great church. We had great ministry going on. And so quite regularly when I was sitting with some other future pastors in this school, you know, something would come up, a topic, and man, I would just boast in how great our church was doing in this. And I still remember one time, his name was Mark, and he responded, uh, I know, Paul, you have the perfect church where everything works perfectly. And when he said that, it was like, whoa, man, I've been boasting. And I realized at that moment, I've been more focused on how great I was. Like you said, the I word kept coming up, or my church this and my church that. And instead of being more interested in what others were doing and how I could help see where they were, uh, yeah, it was. It really stuck with me, and I still remember that moment. And I, and it, because it, I realized, man, I was being boastful, and how much it hurt those relationships instead of helping those relationships. You know, another great story from Scripture, Troy. There's another one. I don't know if you know this one or not. It's in the Book of Daniel. I just want to share this real quick. It's uh, Daniel chapter four. It's about Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, and man, he was he was a prideful dude. Now, granted, he was the king. He did some great things, so he had you know he had reason to be feeling like he did accomplish. But listen to what he says here, Troy. Starting in verse twenty nine of chapter four, it says, 12 months later, Nebuchadnezzar was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon." And as he looked out across the city, he said, these are the words that he said, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. A little boasting going on there, Troy? Oh, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what you just said, using that I or the my things, just saying how wonderful I am. Well, get what happens next. It says, while these words were still in his mouth, a voice called out, 
called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. So God spoke to Nebuchadnezzar and said, Dude, I'm God. You're not. It's my mighty power that allows you to do this. So a little bit later in the story, it says that same hour. So after Nebuchadnezzar, he actually went through this process. He was out living in the wilderness he, and became very mentally disturbed for that period of time until finally he recognized God. And then he, he says this, he says, that same hour the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird claws. <laughs> and after this time period passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned and I praised and worshiped the Most High and honored the one who lives forever. So after he faced God, realized God, he then began, he started worshiping God and he started living for God and it just changed his life. So Troy, as you hear that story, <laughs> how does that make you feel about boasting? How does God feel about it? Um... He, he doesn't like it. <laughs> um, uh, it makes me glad that I don't live in the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> well, God is the same yesterday, today, forever. The cool thing is, I mean, God, what could have God done to Nebuchadnezzar in that moment? He could have stro struck him down. He could have struck him dead. Absolutely. He could have just smited him right there. But he didn't. Yeah. He just gave him a lesson. Yeah. And and afterwards, Nebuchadnezzar, he came back to be the king. And he was the king for a period of after that for a while, but he was a different king. Right. Because he learned about who God was. And that's the cool thing, that God shared grace. Right. He shared mercy, Troy. So isn't that the God of the Old Testament? Tell me, Troy, isn't that a good God? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure we share that because uh, we see that God shared grace and mercy with him and helped him to learn some great things. And that's good for us. Because when you boast, Troy, does God have mercy for you? Yes. Awesome. Anything in Scripture or any ideas that you have for the guys as they're trying to deal with their boasting hearts, Troy? Um, I think a lot of it is just recognizing, you know, that you're, you're boasting. Okay. You know, and, and learning from your past experience, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, and then, you know, when I pray, give, give God thanks for the things that I've been, that I boasted about, you know. Okay. You know. So acknowledging God for those great things, because we all have accomplishments. Yeah. We all have things that are good in our lives. We all have done things that we should be, I want to be careful, proud of. Yeah. That, you know, because you want to do well at things. You want to do well at work. You want to be, you know, a good husband. You want to do these things well. And so that's good things for us, mm -hmm. but it's how we do it and it's why we do it. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 27, 2, it says, Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. Troy, why, how did, why does that make sense? Because it's not about you. Okay. You know. It is about you, but who else is doing the praising, though? Someone else. Yeah. And isn't it 
what does it mean to you, Troy, if, if instead of you saying, I'm great at this, if someone else is saying it, why does that mean, why is that good for you? I'm going to lift you up. Yeah. yeah. Encouragement? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of me saying how awesome I am, uh, because... It, because, of, because that cuts somebody down. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're boasting, you're lifting yourself up, you're pushing someone else down to be able to yeah. do that. So a lot of times boasting comes out of, again, of our pride or maybe of our self-esteem issues. And so when we're boasting in ourself, we're, we're looking how great I am and how not as great maybe someone else is. Uh, in Luke chapter 14, and this is going to be a passage in your life groups that you're going to look at a bigger part of this of what Jesus, he has an interaction with some people. But at the end of that interaction, in chapter 14, verse 11, he says, For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves, Troy, do you know the ending of that? If you humble yourselves, you will be exalted. Right. Yeah. So if you're willing to be humble, others are going to say you're cool, you're awesome, you're, you're great. But if you're always boasting in yourself, what will happen to you? People will knock you down. Yeah. So Troy, any other ideas of how, if, if I'm a guy who does boasting a lot, for whatever the reason is, whether it's my pride, whether it's my self-esteem, wanting to knock others down so I look better, again, any other ideas that you have for them that we can do to help us in this boasting thing? Um, well, I mean, definitely thinking before you speak. Okay, so we're back to the hasty thing. Yeah. Because sometimes that happens. We boast before we think. You know, um, you know obviously, uh, pray for wisdom, uh, you know, in, in situations, uh, even if you're just, uh, you know, I've, I've had to just be silent for a minute and think about, you know, and I've, I've actually, in that thinking process, you're praying silently, you know, give, you know God, give me the wisdom to... <laughs> You've talked about prayer a lot, Troy, and I have a feeling that you're a prayerful person. And I know this from before that yeah. you talk about your prayer time. And so uh, it's prayer. You're, you're encouraging the men to be prayerful. Yeah. When you're prayerful about, you think about boasting, Troy, if you're prayerful entering a conversation or even in the midst of a conversation, if you're prayerful, where is your focus? On God. On God. And so how can that help you to not be as boastful? Because you're on God, not yourself. You know, you're, you're, um, you know, and then you can let the, the, the spirit help you with your words too. Yeah. Let me ask you this because you take that to another level, Troy. If your mind is on God, let me ask you this. In comparison to God, how great are you? Um, uh, see me, but that that great. <laughs> you're, so you're just holding your fingers just a little bit apart. So you're you're really small in comparison to the greatness of God, right? Right. And so that's why I I love the ideas that we were sharing here. This idea of praying, as you think about the greatness of God and how small you are in comparison, how does that help you as you're keeping from boasting? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. It it definitely um makes me humble. And uh, and then it, it makes me grateful, you know, too, that he, al he allows me to have these things or do these, be Absolutely. good in his, his sight, you know. And speaking out of a humble heart instead of a prideful heart, you think about how that can change our boastfulness. Yeah. And it also goes, you think back to the, 
the Jephthah story, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, where we don't boast about something, or Nebuchadnezzar not boasting about something. If Again, if we recognize that God is God and we are not, we are going to let our words be few and we're going to speak slower. Uh, or Psalm 8 is another great one that I focus upon. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The more I focus on how great God is, it keeps me more humble. Hopefully I'm going to boast less than what I might. Another great thing, Troy, how could you see this working, is learning how to ask others good questions. Go back to that situation that you talked about a few moments ago, where you did the financial things, where you were saying, I, I, I a lot. Right. How could that have been different if you were great at asking questions? Um, you know, maybe like, well, have you ever read Dave Ramsey book or or something like that, you know, instead of, well, I read this book and I did this, you right? Know, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're asking them questions, yeah. what are you doing to them? You're lifting them up. You're lifting them up instead of lifting yourself up. Yeah. yeah. And so when you're doing that, Troy, how does it make others feel? Um, like they have... Um, something in the conversation uh, some worth yeah yeah absolutely and so that's one of the things that i've tried to learn to do better instead of me going in and saying i i or my my yeah to think about what about you mm -hmm. and asking them questions and if and when i get that right it it makes the conversation better because i'm drawing more out of them instead of it just being about me and what i have to offer it just makes things better so, you know, ask great questions. Go into something being interested in others. Because every time I'm interested in others, it's going to help them feel more lifted up and encouraged and want to be communicating. Instead of shutting it down and saying, well, Paul, you must know everything. Yeah. I don't want to talk with you. And to, to ask great questions, it draws them in. Well, and, and you're, you know, you have these, these bad conversations where you're talking about yourself. You went into the conversation wanting to help the person. Correct. And you end up hurting it. Hurting it. Yeah. Troy, man, we've done a lot of great talk here. Uh, Troy, a lot of great ideas for these guys, talking about being hasty, talking about boasting, uh, a lot of great things for them to chew on out there. Uh, and the biggest thing is, uh, Troy, we're going to come back to something that you've said many times, and that's the idea of prayer. Mm -hmm. And we have this prayer out of Psalm 19 that we're working on. And I'm just going to end this, guys. One of the biggest things, and if you have an issue, whether it's being hasty, whether it's being boastful, Troy, we're going to have this prayer over and over again. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Troy, if that's how we enter every conversation with that prayer in our hearts, is there hope for us? Yes. Lots of hope. So guys, good luck. Uh, hopefully this will help you guys out a little bit. Hopefully you have some great conversations in your life groups, if you're in a life group. Because ultimately, guys, it's not on us. We can't control our own tongues. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the more we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, we're going to have hope. Guys, have a great week, and may we all continue to be on this journey of becoming holy men. Have a great week.